T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Well, I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. This is Dirt and Sprague. Why, Johnny Ringo, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. It's not with you, Holiday. I'll beg to differ, sir. We started a game we never got to finish. <laughs> Play for blood, remember? Dirt and Sprague on 1080. I was just fooling about. I wasn't. The fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here. Uh, Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan, the Odyssey app, 99.5 HD2. We do indeed have a new fan text line number, 503-864-6326. I personally, I feel very, it's a very old-timey thing of our station to lean into calling it 6Fan. I don't think people operate phones that way anymore. No, do you know the letters to the numbers? No. Can you can you name those off the top of your head without looking? Because I can't. I could think about it and probably get to it. Like it starts at two, not one, and then it's A, B, C is two, D, E, F is three. Like I could figure that out. Really? But no, I I don't operate in a world where we use letters. Why doesn't one? Why doesn't one get any letters? Why is one all alone? Because uh, you got to press one to connect to somebody. Oh, okay. I made that up. I don't know. I actually didn't even know that until you said that. And I looked, and I was like, ah, oh, you're right. ABC is too. Well, I've heard like Sukanik say six fan. And then I hear our promo right there, call it six fan. And I'm like, I don't think any human operates on a cell phone and goes six fan. Let me spell fan. I, that's like 1994 stuff. It does feel a little 1994 y. So it's 503 864 6326. 6326 for the last four of that phone number. And you might get a weird bounce back that we don't understand your message, but we understand your message and it came through. I know we're efforting to fix that. So uh, hopefully it's fixed soon. Jason Locke and Fora hosts a radio show in Baltimore on our sister station. He's also an Odyssey NFL insider. He will join us coming up at 7 30. I actually want to start with some Pac-12 things. I had some Pac-12 notes I wanted to get to today. Uh, I want to start with your Oregon Ducks. Okay. They kicked a player off yesterday, Deshaun yeah. Holden, or Treshawn Holden. This, this is the funny thing of trying to make fun of Oregon for losing to Washington in basketball, and most responses are, I don't care. This one hurts. Yeah. <laughs> this is a much bigger story to our fan base than losing a uh, college basketball game. A transfer from Alabama yeah. seemed like a pretty big get, and, uh, you know, it was had a gun issue yesterday or a couple days ago, and Dan Lanning's not playing. I commend Dan Lanning a lot. I, I actually wouldn't even have been mad if he allowed this thing to play out a little longer to wait. But I commend Dan Lanning for taking a stance and saying, no, 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 like there's a felony thing involved here, and it's a really weird story. 
Yeah. Uh, but Lanning didn't hesitate. Booted him right off the team. I was trying to think yesterday. I had a buddy that I didn't see this when it first came out. A buddy texted me was like, well, things are going great. And I'm like, well, that's a lovely offseason story. I, I don't believe anybody got in trouble last year. I was trying to think if he had any other opportunities for discipline because that's always a test for a coach is how seriously will you take this stuff? I remember Mario had the players that shot the airsoft gun and then he suspended them for the Fresno State game. They had a one game suspension because who did they play in week two? Ohio State, and I need those two defenders back in my lineup. And so I, I think it's always good when you see a coach stand up immediately. I mean, he is a very talented player. He was a highly touted recruit. He scored six touchdowns at Alabama last year. Wasn't like this dude was riding the pine. He scored seven touchdowns in two years, was averaging 15 yards a catch, had 25 catches on the season. Yeah. He was he was maybe their biggest. I know their defense needed a lot of help, so I guess in that regard, not their biggest, but one of their biggest guys they got in the transfer portal. And to lose him before spring football even starts, it's brutal, but I, I tip my cap to him for doing the right thing. So I don't think it officially ever was talked about or released or said i i just i i kind of had a theory and you if you think i'm way wrong like dude shout it down it's just a thought okay nobody got in trouble off the field i felt like landing uh punished flow for some idiotic stuff during this, like in the games. I, like I think he yeah. benched him for a half. He just didn't like publicly say he did. Might have been idiotic stuff. Also, he wasn't very good. Well, he was a liability yeah. when he was on the field. And I think that that was the primary yeah. reason he got benched. Uh, you guys did hire an offensive line coach. They did, yeah. Uh, what do we what do we make of that? Defensive line guy now switching to the offensive line? He was with the program for a couple years under Mario and all the players that, you know, Sewell and Throckmorton and all those guys rave about him, said he was great. Went to the NFL the last couple of years. It, it, it continues a trend of Dan Lanning that I, I genuinely enjoy, and that's hiring young dudes, man. Like, this guy was a grad assistant like five years ago. Not a very experienced coach, but he's a young guy with a lot of energy. He's supposed to be a good teacher of the position. Will Stein, their offensive coordinator they hired, super young dude. So he is continuing the trend of having a young, youthful, energetic staff, and and I'm all for that. I, all you can do with coaching hires is go off of what the players have to say who have played for him. I know nothing about offensive line play, coaching, and technique, and yeah. I'm not an expert on that, but all the guys that played for him during his time at Oregon when he was one of their offensive line coaches raved about him, said he was great. Yeah, so they brought in a league. Terry, he was a defensive line coach for the Vikings, and uh, how old is he? Uh, I, don't I didn't. Know. I meant to look that up, but I know he's super young, probably in his young forties, maybe late thirties. Let me see. Hey, lining up with the damn twenty-seven years old. Yeah, he's 27? 27 oh. years old. Because I saw he was he played. He just finished playing college football in like 2018, 2017. Oh. When I was reading his bio, I missed that one because I didn't know. I'd never heard of the name, and then I'm like, oh, I guess he was on Oregon mm. staff, but I'm not familiar with backup offensive line coaches at all times. Uh, but yeah, he just got done playing a couple years ago. Lost your O line coach to the NFL, got an O line coach from the NFL. So there you know. go, Dan Landing making that move and dismissing Treshawn uh, Holden after he got in trouble in Eugene. Uh, Ohio State is a bunch of cowards. I, you're Mr. Rally around the conference. Uh, Washington got robbed yesterday. They had to announce Ohio State canceled a home-and-home home series with them. Yeah, welcome to the club. We're still waiting. Well, you guys are going to get the game in 2030, 2031. Oh, yeah, nice. That's totally going to happen. I am 100% confident that'll take place a decade from now. Very excited about that future game. Hopefully I'm still alive. What, let, <laughs> let's play the fun game, Swag. I want you to actually answer this, not dirt. Let's play this fun game. Let's call it 2030, okay? Let's say it's 2030. How old am I going to be in 2030? What's that, seven years from now? That That's correct, yes. I'll be 41. Okay, all right, thank you. I'll be 43. Good math. So I'm sure I'll be even uglier. Um, <laughs> let's say it's 2030. 
what is the more likely scenario here? The game is played. Rob Mullins is no longer the athletic director at Oregon. Dan Lanning is no longer the coach of Oregon. Dirt and Sprague have been canceled or fired. What's the most likely? What's of those? the most likely scenario you would gamble on? Actually, I'll do this as a poll question. That's a pretty good because I question. think we would get picked. Hey, we just signed a two-year contract extension, baby. We're not going anywhere. It doesn't mean anything. In that's, well, that's true. No, you're saying canceled or fired. So that's that's a specific. We will no longer be here doing a show. Okay, we you're no longer be, being here doing a show is different. My than, golf podcast blew up that quick, huh? Than that's getting awesome. Turfed. Well, but in, either or it could be yeah, that too. I mean, it could be yeah, it could be whatever. Not being here could also mean that we got fired. That's yes. Yeah. I did make fun of Catholics the other day. Could have happened. Then. We don't need to go down that <laughs> avenue again. <laughs> so what? What would you? I would say the le- the most likely is Rob Mullins no longer the AD at Oregon over Dan Lanning no longer coaching or Durden mm. Sprague hosting. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, no, no thought that it's going to be the game itself is actually going to get played. Huh? I think it'll get played. Whether or not Oregon's still in the Pac-12 is up. I mean, oh. that might be a conference game. Who knows? I mean, I saw somebody point out when this Washington news broke yesterday. Can we at least move the game up then? If you don't want to go play at Washington and have the home and home with them, can we move Oregon up to 2024, 25? Did they give a valid reason of why they canceled? I did this? not see a reason from Ohio State. A direct I, they, quote from Gene. No, there's no Gene direct Smith. quote. the The speculation is it, their scheduling model is up in the air, and they feel like the Big Ten might be on the brink of going to nine conference games, um, or you know, just changing the, the pods or however the hell they're going to do it, getting rid of divisions, all whatever kind of stuff. So they feel like the scheduling is up in the air. They have another tough game the year after that, or one of the years they're also playing Texas and. They didn't want to play both. That that was kind of the speculation that I saw. Did you see the 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 good news that came out the other day? I thought of you actually when I saw this. Did oh. you see the SEC announce that in twenty four they're going to move to nine conference games once Texas Oklahoma gets there? Let's go, brother. I think it's a start. I think it's a sign of the the twelve team playoff. I, I think you can allow teams to take more risk. This has always been the argument. Like I hate that we reward teams for playing meaningless, non-important, bad non-conference games. It sucks. It's stupid. Nobody wants to watch them. TCU was a really fun story last year. They played Stetson in non-conference. Stetson. Their only Power 5 non-conference game was Colorado, who was the worst team in all of Power 5 college football. Like That's a horrible non-conference schedule, and you should be punished for that. But the reward in the model right now sets you up. If you go undefeated, it doesn't matter who you played. You can get in. Washington did this the year they made the playoff. They played nobody in non-conference. Right. And they weren't punished for it. And then in other years, they played Auburn and lost some of these early games. Like it, the, the model shows you that there's no point to doing it, and that's always been my biggest hope for a 12-team model. You win your conference you're in. We all know that. So go ahead, take a chance or two in non-conference. Let's let's give the fans entertaining games. Um, I never would have thought the Pac-12 would win the battle with the SEC in that regard, but I think the expansion, as you point out, helped a lot. And I, you know me, I took the stance of you should move to eight conference games. Yep. Play the game. Play the game the SEC plays. Joke of a non-conference. Back into your schedule with a joke of a non-conference. You know, avoid the best teams the way that they are able to do. I just I want the conference to be in a good position, not to be like, well, we play the hardest games. It's like, yeah, and that's done nothing for you. I'm glad to have been wrong here. I'm glad that this has worked out to where we're going to get more. I like Nibing 9. I just 
wanted them to play on the same playing field. Everybody should be even. Yes, and I think this was a, a underrated, talked-about storyline, the SEC announcing they're going to move to nine conference games. I honestly didn't even see it. When did that come out? Last week? Six days ago? Six days ago, Six, yeah. seven days ago, about a week. I heard it randomly in an update mm. on a different station, and I was like, oh, because in 2024, Texas, Oklahoma are going to join the SEC. Yep. Uh, I actually have another Pac-12 thing I didn't even get to, and I don't know if we're ready. Are we ready? I don't think we are. We're not ready, but I'll do it anyway. That's next. Turn spray. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Excited for Jason Lock and Fora coming up at the bottom of the hour. Dirt and Sprague back with you here on this Thursday edition. A lot more to get into. Ken Barkley at 8 a.m. as well. What's Ken Barkley gambling on? We have the Genesis teeing off. I started the golf show yesterday, and we'll talk. maybe we'll talk about that coming up. Sure. Um, I, I had another Pac-12 thing I want to get to yesterday, so I wasn't lazy. I did some show stuff yesterday. Look at you. As did you. You posted our pancake waffle French toast debate. <laughs> Swigard posted the podcast ASAP. Look at us doing uh, the jobs we're paid to do. And I watched seven episodes of Full Swing. I'm down to one. I got one more to go. I didn't have that opportunity. I, yeah. I got stuck in a fight with my wife over something I'm not even sure do you ever have those days where Always. they just randomly get mad at you and they literally don't tell you why and then they never talk about it and then you don't even really know why? It just, like, goes away. Instant anger? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it happens, and I usually it's, uh, you're mad at your dad, you're not mad at me thing. Like, you're, you're something else is bothering you, and I'm going to go ahead and hang out in the other room. That's kind of what it turned into. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm just going to go do errands and clean the house and say nothing. I'm not jumping into this mess. I did nothing to set this off, and so I'm going to feel no guilt whatsoever. And so part of staying away from being murdered at my own house was yeah, yeah. Uh, finding audio the show could use and I boy I found some good stuff so uh, John Orand of Sports Business Journal and Andrew Marshan of the New York Post they're media reporters they just cover the media landscape throughout the country and they give you tidbits and insider information it's probably the most in-depth sports business podcast you could get in terms of what's being said all over sports and yesterday in their podcast, they talked about the Pac-12's media rights. Oh. So the Amazon deal, that's been rumored for months and months and months. Hey, Pac-12 could go to Amazon. Look at Thursday Night Football. I want that for the Pac-12. You want to hear what the Amazon deal with the Pac-12 potentially would be and no. why that would or would not work? Take a listen to Andrew Marshall. Amazon only wants the top game. Well, they're not going to skim and give that top game to, to Amazon. That's that's what's valuable for about this package. So they're trying to, to 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 keep that and make you know the second, third, maybe even fourth game available. And so that's that's part of the negotiation that's happening with Amazon right now. So if we get the Amazon deal, they only want the best game the conference has to offer. This ain't the Pac-12 Network, sweetheart. You're not getting yeah. the crap game. They want the best game. And if that didn't make you feel better, take a listen to how they wrapped up the conversation by basically laying out all of the media interests right now and what the conference has to work with. I don't know. If they're not getting ESPN, they're not getting Amazon, they're not getting Fox, 
you know, could someone like Apple be a wild card? But the problem with Apple is that you're still on a streamer. It's just not as well known. I don't know if that works. And there's just no proof. Even if it works for Thursday Night Football, it's the NFL. It's Thursday night. It's an exclusive game. There's so many elements that you say, okay, you combine with Amazon, the power of Amazon, and how much um, uh, reach they have with all their services, you know, specifically Amazon Prime Video. Does that work um, with, if you're the Pac-12, does that work with Apple, which of course has great reach? Uh, We're going to see with the MLS coming up if it can make that work. So I don't know if that's really a, um, if that would be a home run either if you're the Pac-12 and then you could maybe NBC maybe CBS but I don't see them breaking the bank uh Turner we just don't really see it's hard to tell what they're doing I don't think they're involved so um I don't know doesn't seem that great should be noted CBS and Turner dropped out they want nothing to do with the conference I I, look I they're gonna get a deal of some sort Mm -hmm. um there's a John Wilner likes to paint more of a rosy picture for the conference. Oh, things are going well, huh? Oh no, they'll get the money. They'll get a great deal. Okay. I I don't subscribe to that. And 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 those two guys there, John Orand and and Andrew Martian, pretty plugged into the sports business landscape. I, I don't know. I listened to the whole segment. I pulled the two best cuts. You can go listen to it on their latest pod. Uh, but I I just walked away going, yeah, I don't feel great about where this is potentially going to go. The CBS note yesterday was pretty deflating. I, I knew that was always a long shot, but I, I dreamed of having kind of a premier game on CBS every week. You know, obviously the SEC is moving on to ABC and ESPN, and there's going to be a vacancy there for CBS to air games, and I thought that would have made sense for you to try and t- have them take a bite out of your package. I, I still think, please don't pull that, I still think the majority of the stakeholder is going to be ESPN. ESPN wants the inventory. They want the late-night inventory. I still think there's something there. But the Amazon note of them wanting the premier game, you cannot sell your premier game to Amazon. I don't care how much money they're going to offer you, which it won't be enough to make up with the other conferences. Having your premier game not be on cable on a streaming platform, Marshine is right. Like, I'm okay with it because the secondary, third games, whatever, like not a lot of people are watching those anyways, right? Like a random Washington State cow game on a late Saturday night, not getting huge numbers on FS1. You want to throw something like that on Amazon Prime, like that's fine. The fan bases will have good access to it. They'll understand I need to go get this channel to watch it or get the Amazon package to watch it. You can't have your best game be on Amazon. So they noted the ESPN thing, and I'm I'm with you. I think ultimately ESPN is going to be a part of this in some capacity. A big part is because ESPN. ESPN, as you mentioned, needs late-night programming. The one thing that's something to watch for ESPN, so Disney just did a shareholders meeting with Iger, who came back, and they basically announced that they're going to be laying off a massive amount of people. So he And, he, and they have the NBA deal coming up soon. Mm-hmm. They're already heavily invested in the NFL. He's basically saying, I think it was Oran, that was – not that they're not going to be involved, but that don't be shocked if ESPN even goes, we're not spending our money on second, third dairy type college football stuff. We don't care that much. They want to make their shareholders happy. And so they're doing all these cuts and they're already spending big money on, on live sports. The Amazon one is, it's deflating to hear that, that they only want the big game and that's kind of it. It makes sense from Amazon's angle. Why do I want to hear your third game on the Pac-12? CBS is a biggest bummer for me. I, I was like, hey, the minute the SEC announced they were leaving CBS, I, I wanted the conference to do whatever it would take. I want that that CBS, SEC music playing. I don't care. Go get that time slot. 1230 window. You got Oregon, Washington, Utah, oh, whatever. You know, USC. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I well, for a year. year. But, but still, you could put on some big games in that time slot 
I just, I don't know, man. It's They're not going to not have a deal, but I listened to that <laughs> yesterday, and I'm like, who is it? Who is it that really wants to step up and play the Pac-12 game? And, and, and I noted this with the uh, Feldman-Mandel thing with uh, Nicole Auerbach. They think that they missed the window here, and that Klievkov in the conference, they did not know how to respond to USC and UCLA departing, and it's costing them, and it may cost them big time because they were left with their hands under their, their butts and they didn't know how to pull them out because right now they've, they've done nothing proactively. They're doing this SMU thing and the San Diego State thing. That That's just desperation is what I heard. And so, like, cool, fight for two other teams. Now there's a report that the Big 12 has heard from eight, up to eight programs west of, of uh, Texas that have interest. We know what four of them might be. I just don't know where the conference is going to go. It's not complete doom and gloom, but, man, yeah. is it not feel great right now. I still am not buying the notion that the Arizona schools and Utah, Colorado are going to jump to the Big 12 because I know that's been speculated a lot. It just doesn't make sense to me. Their TV deal is fine. It's not great. It's nowhere near the SEC or the Big 10. And to split that pie four, five, six more ways, I just to me, that's not a really viable path forward. You're going to make more money, albeit with maybe less than what the Big 12 is making, but it's going to be higher than what you could earn as a newcomer to the Big 12 who has already inked their television contract. You would be a new school in that conference, and so you would make only a percentage of that for the first couple of years as it slowly builds up. It feels like right now, though, you're the odd man out. I, I think ESPN is, to your point, the biggest question. Are they still willing to be a big-time investor in college football, or are their financials that bad that they say it's not worth it? Because without the Pac-12, ESPN is essentially has nothing to air after their 5 p.m. primetime games. Remember, the Big Ten is out on uh, ESPN. That deal is done. So there's no USC-UCLA games coming to ESPN. That is exclusively going to be likely with Fox. A lot of their games will be night games because Fox is going to want those evening kickoffs. And Fox is out on you as well. That's a done deal. And Fox is already out on the Pac-12 because they got the two biggest, they think, programs in on the West Coast. And UCLA is not even close to one of them, but USC undoubtedly is. Um, so I, I still think ESPN is your main savior, and they're going to want those 7 p.m. Pac-12 after dark games that are aired on standard definition cameras with horrible broadcasters that we've been used to for the last 10 years. Uh, but if that if, if they get cold feet and they're looking at their bottom line and saying we don't have enough money for this, dear God, I don't know where you go. So it's interesting to just you know pass that information along uh, to pretty plugged-in people giving their thoughts of what they're hearing from different networks and streaming platforms about where the conference stands right now. I know it's not always the most interesting topic for people because, like, it ain't our money, but it's our teams. And the money does matter to these programs and where the lifeblood of the conference is going. And so it's a big thing for the survival long term yeah. of the Pac-12 to get a decent TV deal. Absolutely it is. So there you go. Passing some information along from some insiders. All right, coming up next is the Daily Ticker. We got Ken Barkley at 8. But up next, Jason Lockenfora, uh, Odyssey NFL insider, radio host in Baltimore. We we go through a ton of things in the NFL with Jason Lockenfora next. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about and some you haven't. How do you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. 
All right, Daily Ticker Time here on a Thursday. Lots going on in the NFL. So joining us now is Odyssey NFL insider Jason LaConfora, host of the Odyssey Original Podcast, In the Huddle with Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, covering the entire NFL. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Jason LaConfora. Jason, thanks for the time this morning, man. We always appreciate it out here in Portland, Oregon. I want to start in your backyard with what's going on in Baltimore with the Ravens and Lamar. We've had you on to talk about this, and it's, mm-hmm. it still seems like an unclear picture of what's going to transpire, but just from what you're hearing, it's it's always hard for me this time of year of like, what's getting thrown out there to the media just to negotiate oh, yeah. publicly, and what's real. So yeah. what what's going on with Lamar in Baltimore? Is there a chance that this is it's it? He's played his last game in a Ravens uniform. Oh, it's it's there's a very real chance. There's a there's a substantial chance um, that the last time he played in a Ravens uniform was. Uh, getting helped off the field um, and hobbling up a tunnel uh, of a game, I believe. The Ravens ended up winning 10-9 against the Denver Broncos, which would be a pretty ignominious uh, ending to something that looked like it was going to be uh, and maybe an unrivaled era of sort of fun, entertaining football in this town. Certainly, like nothing – we've seen before with the Ravens who have obviously uh, reached the mountaintop and, and have done some extraordinary things, but you know, it wasn't with a unanimous MVP quarterback who <laughs> took the league by fire. It was because of guys like Ed Reed and Ray Lewis and Terrell Suggs. And, you know, we could go on and on. Um, I love the franchise tag period is, is, is almost upon us now. It's, uh, it opens less than a week from now, and if they don't have a deal done by March 7th, and I would be absolutely stunned if they did, be stunned if they made any real moment, had a, you know, gained any momentum towards a deal by March the 7th, you know, that, then you're playing a very dangerous game. Um, he can sit on that tag until right before week one. You know, they hired Todd Munkin as the new offensive coordinator this week. It's a, it's a smart move. It makes a lot of sense. But Todd Munkin's going to be doing some very different things than Greg Roman. And to think that you can navigate an offseason with your best player hanging out in South Florida, because he's pissed at you, and rightfully so, that you've never given him a penny over what the CBA said you had to give him for five years. And he's got no financial you know, incentive whatsoever to show up for you until he gets paid, which is week one. I, I don't, and that doesn't strike me as um, tenable. You know, yeah, that that yeah. doesn't strike me. Like, there's a lot of smart people around here who've been banging heads about this topic for years. I don't think the answer is um, tag him, let him sit on forty-five million dollars, and let's see when he shows up. Like, let let's see if he cut. Like, let's see if he does us a favor, even though we've never done him any. Like, I, I think that would be a really naive asinine approach. Um, and so the alternative is we tag him to protect our contractual rights to him, and then we facilitate a trade before the draft. And, and honestly, we've already got Derek Carr on, on the market, right? I would think they want to facilitate a trade at the Combine where they've got a pretty good idea of who really wants him and where he's willing to go and what the price point is and who's willing to pay the freight. I, I think anything other than that, you could borderline on some real um, – managerial negligence they've they've only got five draft picks the owner doesn't spend big in free agency to to go through your offseason that way just adding some marginal players hoping you hit 
with the limited draft picks you have, and then praying that Lamar shows up in time to play week one. I, I mean, I, you could you could do that, but I don't know that that's smart. Jason, I, I had other questions, but I, I'm so fascinated by what you're saying. Um, they've given that city Super Bowls. They've given that city a reason to believe in what they do as a franchise. So kind of a two-parter. One, how would the fans respond to the team trading Lamar because he is so fun and entertaining? And where do you where do you kind of side on this? Do you think the Ravens is no brainer? Give him the contract, move on, and move forward, or do you understand why the Ravens are hesitant here? Well, I I think something we talked about ad nauseum on on my show here to the point where people are like, why do you keep talking about this every day? Was going back to the start of the twenty twenty one season when Josh Allen got paid, and you know at that point in time Josh Allen no one was putting him in the pantheon that he's in right now, right? He had showed promise. He had had one sort of breakthrough season, but he hadn't had a long playoff run. You know, he had still been inaccurate for a good part of that three-year sample size in his career. Um, and there were still some questions. Now, the Bills didn't have any. And when they got him at 42 and you knew Dak was going through his deals with Dallas and he's going to get, you know, paid anyway, even though he got hurt, like that was the top, like that was the moment because the price is only going to go up, and if you're not willing to pay him market value now, you know the odds of him winning the Super Bowl the following year. You know when you still have this Brady and Mahomes thing and all this other stuff going on, and your roster's not as good. You're you're already slipping in the roster department a little bit, and the new GM is not nearly as good as the old GM. Like. That was the moment in time to get Lamar what would be a bargain now. Had they given Lamar a million dollars more a year than Josh Allen, then he's making 43-44, and they got a five-year extension done there, no one's, no one's obsessing about every pass he throws. No one's obsessing about every injury. And he, and he probably does play in that playoff game. Because, you know what I mean, you, you would have done something that at least at a moment in time – neutral parties could look at and say that makes sense for everybody. That That's fair market. Mm-hmm. Instead, he's played below market value for you for five years now. You were nowhere close to offering him Josh Allen money then, and you're nowhere close to offering him Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson money now, yet he's better than all them. He's still done things that they haven't done. Um, and your, your franchise wins three of every four games with him, and they lose three of every four games without him. But you still don't want to pay him, and yes, you mismanaged it. And I didn't think the Deshaun Watson thing was going to happen, but I did think that Aaron Rodgers was going to keep squeezing in Green Bay and become a $50 million man. Like, you didn't have to be a genius to see that coming. Like, it, Russell Wilson, I'm reporting on it, other people reporting out it years before. He, I mean, people hated me in Seattle because two years before they traded him, I'm like, he's never going to get another contract there. It's over. They either trade him now, they trade him 11 months from now, but it's over. Everybody knew that. And what happens when he gets traded? He gets more money. <laughs> but these jack clowns here live in their own little world, thought they could get this kid for below market value because he doesn't have an agent, thought he'd flinch, thought he'd come crying back to them, but he didn't. And so now, yeah, I think it's over. Wow. 
Unbelievable. That's one of the greatest rants we've ever had from a guest. I love it. I want to continue on this thought process. We're talking with Jason LaCamfora, Odyssey NFL Insider, at Jason LaCamfora on Twitter. You know, on this thought, we were trying to noodle on this earlier. Maybe there's a name that we're forgetting that jumps out to you. But I've been trying like, this has always been a debate of, like, hey, will, will there be an NFL team that doesn't pay their quarterback because the cap hits too high and we don't want to give them that much money? Like, we, Kirk Cousins, I guess, kind of falls into that category, but he wasn't a, an MVP in the NFL. He didn't have a playoff win when he was in Washington. We had a listener that texted in, well, well, Drew Brees kind of had this in San Diego, and it's like, yeah, he was good. The injury injury concerns there, but again, he didn't win an MVP. So, is there a name that we're forgetting? Could Lamar be the first? And then the, the fun thought exercise of if there is a team out there that jumps into the mix and wants to execute a trade, a, I guess, where's the fit that that makes sense, and b, what what kind of haul are we talking about here? Well, I don't know that there's a comp for this. I, I there probably isn't. There hasn't been one that's leapt to mind for me. And again, this is a topic. Um, that I, I don't even know. I don't even want to know how many hours I've spent, you know, talking about this <laughs> over the last two and a half years. I, I really don't. Or writing about it or whatever, thinking about it. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure there's there's quite a comp like this um, where you've got the specter of he is a first-round pick, right? So that's different than, you know, you mentioned Cousins. That's a different specter. Like, he had to play out the fifth-year option. <laughs> And then they're still having it all, and now they're just going to tag them. Um, yeah, I mean, usually you're more willing than not to hope that what you see is real than to make this, you know, than to make someone who's already done this much keep kind of going on a prove-it type scenario now. You know, this, this would effectively be four straight years because you could have paid them after year three, right? So there's right. year three, year four, year five, and now franchise tag. Like four basically prove-it situations. For unanimous MVP at the quarterback position, I, I don't, I don't know a comp for it. As to who would want him, I think there's plenty of teams. Um, you know, you've got all the teams who were chasing Deshaun Watson last year, except for Cleveland. That they're all still effectively in the same boat. Um, so I think you could look at any of them, and I really think you know, Atlanta and Carolina are two that scream out to me. Hmm. Um, I think Miami, the owner, would do it. I think these guys would prefer to trade him to the NFC. You know, I think Woody Johnson of the Jets would do it. I don't know that his football people would be as into it, but, again, this is going to be driven by ownership. This is going to be an owner-to-owner deal, Um, one who doesn't want to pay him what he's worth versus one who will. Um, But I think Atlanta, I mean, they've they've got a top-ten pick, right? I mean, I think you get, what is it, ninth overall these guys would be all over A.J. Terrell. They love corners. That's all they want is corners, 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 corners. <laughs> so you'd get a cheap stud corner on his rookie deal, which they love that too. Uh, I think you could get Grady Jarrett thrown in if you want to beef up your interior defense, although Calais Campbell says he wants to come back for another year. I think you'd get next year's one from Atlanta, which Atlanta would think that's going to be a late one because we're winning, we're winning this crappy division with Lamar Jackson playing on a fast track on turf in a dome. Forget about it. <laughs> Um, and I think you'd get a, you know, a couple of twos or a two and a three or something like that. Like, I think that's a reasonable trade, and I think that's something that Atlanta would do. I mean, what's Arthur Blank, 84, 85 years old? He had that beautiful stadium he got built. They've never played a meaningful football game in it, like literally. They haven't. He'd go from you know, a low-revenue team in terms of merchandising and stuff to, I mean, I think Lamar Jackson's Falcons jerseys would, would fly off the shelves down there and He'd fill his stadium, and I think he'd go to the playoffs, and he's got the tight end. He's got a, a wide receiver. 
Um, you know, you keep a Cordero Patterson around, like Cordero Patterson and Lamar Jackson in the same backfield. Like, it's, I mean, that's enough to win that division. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that one to me just has been screaming out for months. There you go. Jason Lockham for a great stuff on the Baltimore Ravens situation. He's our Odyssey NFL insider. Make sure to follow in the huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We meant, great. we meant to ask you some non-Lamar Jackson questions. I'm sure you're sick and tired of talking about it. So. It happens all the time. <laughs> we apologize. We all Give him a follow Don't on worry. Twitter at Jason Lockham for it. Thanks, man. We always appreciate it. You got it. Have a great show. Thank you. There you go. Jason Lockham for on Lamar Jackson. I deleted every other thought <laughs> I've wanted to throw at him because I'm like, well, he clearly uh, – look, he's there. He, he's a Baltimore guy, yeah. He's in Works Baltimore, in, yeah. hosts a show on one of the Baltimore stations. I, th- This is where some sports fans lose me. Like, some people will complain we don't talk enough sports or we joke around too much. Okay, that's fine. I, I don't understand a world where if I'm living in an NFL market, we have an NFL franchise team and we're maybe getting rid of a league MVP who we've reluctantly not offered a contract because our team's too cheap, I can't understand a world where a sports fan goes, why are you still talking about this? Because <laughs> it's never happened. This has we never happened. We haven't. There's close comparables if you want to try and make those conclusions. But for an MVP, a franchise guy, undoubtedly a franchise guy, to, for an organization to give up on him five years in who's had success, won an MVP. We've never seen it. I, a couple of lingering thoughts here. Locking for was great. We'll get to our other Lockie coming up top of the hour, Lockie Lockerson. Uh, Ken Barkley's going to join us, talk some gambling with him, but a little more on this uh, quarterback situation coming up next on the All right, we've got a uh, local controversy that we have not talked about yet this week that I want to talk about, that I'm sure a lot of people will be very emotional on. Is it the not... Don't give tarps to homeless people thing? No. Or, it's not no. that. I didn't see that. We're not giving... We, we Renee, Gonz- tarps? Renee no. Gonzalez announced uh, no longer give homeless people any tarps and blankets because it'll catch on fire. But Oh, okay. The other side of that argument is uh, they're not sure that's going to change anything and no. could actually get up more fires because you get more desperate. So I don't, I don't, I didn't know if that's was, where you were going. It was not that one. Okay, it, it was, it was not that one. Uh, none of us have answers to the homeless issue. I, I think we can have some answers for this issue, and I want to talk about. I'm it. trying to fo- follow more local storylines. You got to be plugged in on what's yeah, going I on. I know where know? he's going. You I, know where I'm going. I, this is right I, up I your alley. Might explode. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Big deal. Big oh, deal. Oh, I know where you're going to go now. Yes. Okay, we'll get to that in the final The line. old folks who tell us we can't do certain things, and then they went and uh, did certain uh, things. Uh, yeah. Ken Barkley coming up in uh, 10 minutes. Jason LaCanfora was great. We love chatting with him. He's a Baltimore guy, and to hear his emotion on the Lamar Jackson thing, it's just another reminder. And I don't know how many times it's, it's going to take for teams to learn this. Like, the sooner you can get an extension done with a quarterback, the better. And kicking the can down the road, never ends up working for you. Now, maybe they move on and they get the compensation that they feel is fair, right? Maybe they get, to his point, Atlanta makes this trade. Somebody texted in Atlanta Sports Radio is all about, let's get Mike Vick 2.0, get, you know, greatest show on turf kind of thing going on down there. Like, yeah, maybe you're going to get a nice capital in return. There's no guarantee you're going to hit on your first-round pick with a quarterback. Derek Carr is a downgrade from Lamar Jackson, and Tyler Huntley is not Lamar Jackson. So no matter how you end up spinning it, at that position, you're going to be worse off. What could have fixed this problem was after he won his MVP in year three, give him the extension. Yeah. Two years ago, if you would, to Jason's point, if you give him the extension, you're signing him somewhere to 40, somewhere in that $40 million range, probably kind of similar to Josh Allen. But every team that ends up waiting, Dallas did this for a year. 
They waited for a year on Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott ended up shattering his ankle the first month of the season. And what did they end up doing that next offseason? They gave him the contract extension because you, you somebody's going to bluff here. And the player has essentially, especially at that position, all of the control. Because if you don't want to pay me, guess what? Somebody else will give me $200 million fully guaranteed. So if you don't want to give it to me, I'll go get it on the open market. I'll play on the franchise tag if I have to, make it 45. It's just, it's incredible how badly they've handled this entire thing in Baltimore. Well, first of all, Atlanta would be a home run. I mean, it's predominantly black city, and they get stud athlete, black quarterback. Like, yeah, that's a match made in heaven. And, and they need an injection of life in that organization, too. They do. I think Arthur Smith still has a good offense. I just, you're not really working with much right now. And by the way, Atlanta, Carolina makes a ton of sense. I, I, I'm incredibly disappointed. There's at least three or four more teams in the NFC that should be jumping at this. I, I just, I'm sorry. I, I'm a believer in the dude. I know he can't throw it like Mahomes and Allen, but what he can do with his legs, and I think if you put him in the right situation, he's a game changer. I think he's proven he's a game changer. Uh, Baltimore's not giving him much. And so to hear Jason say that, also I think about Miami. Jason brings up Miami. Dear God, him in Miami with Waddle, Hill, those running backs, that system. <laughs> I, I I hope he gets traded. I've never really cared about the Baltimore Ravens, never hated them, never cheered for them. They're just, hey, when they're good, they're good, and mm-hmm. if they're whatever. But um, I'm kind of in the rooting against them camp now. I, I just think this organization's – it's one thing to pay a quarterback early. It's another to choose not to or to choose to pay the wrong one. And sometimes that surprises me by the amount of teams that make these awful. Like, what did Arizona do that for? There was no reason to do that. Right? Like, he did not win an MVP award. He had never thrown for 4,000 yards. He was okay. He was not elite. You may not be a believer in Dak, and I understand that. Dak Prescott makes every Cowboy fan nervous. Dak Prescott's better than Kyler Murray. Yes. So Dak Prescott getting paid, I wouldn't understand. Kyler Murray? I mean, that's a disaster of an organization. And I, I think their hire yesterday showed... They don't got anything. They got no juice. Gannon better bring the juice because their juice is gone. Um, but I'm I'm actively rooting for him, and I hope that they trade him, and I hope he goes to a good situation because if it's the Jets, dear Lord, if it's Atlanta, makes a ton of sense, Carolina. I mean, I, I just think there are a lot of choices out there for them. Deal them. Get this over with. And by the way, good luck in your future endeavors. You are showing, despite your Super Bowl success, you're showing how incredibly cheap you are as a franchise. Have fun with that. I'm sure it's going to pay off in the in the long end, yep. the long road. You, you get lucky late in the first round, and a guy like Lamar, you take a flyer on him, he turns out to win an MVP, and then you you don't want to sign him to a contract extension. If I'm the Giants, I'm kicking the tires. If I'm the Commanders, I'm kicking the tires. If I'm the 49ers, I'm making a phone call. Atlanta and Carolina both make sense. If I'm New Orleans, I'm I'm getting in on these sweepstakes. Like especially these NFC teams. We talked about this briefly. I know we're against it, but. Jalen Hurts might be the best quarterback in the NFC right now. There is a, there is an open window in the NFC. We don't know about the 49ers quarterback situation. Everybody else, Rodgers likely on the way out. Hell, they couldn't even make the playoffs last year. There is a chance here. Get the hell out of the AFC. Go to the NFC. If I'm one of these teams, Lamar Jackson could immediately step in to be the best quarterback in the NFC. Whereas, what's he in the AFC? 
fifth, sixth, seventh. I mean, you it just go, depends. You got to go a bit down it. the yeah. list, right? Yeah. Because there's a lot of elite quarterbacks in that conference. There's a bit of a power uh, vacuum, if you will, in the NFC. And if I'm one of those teams, I'm trying to go get them. Yeah. So uh, great stuff from Jason Lockham for you. If you miss that, we'll podcast it as uh, soon as we're done. Coming up in the final hour of the show, I got a couple other college football notes I want to get to. Uh, a local story that's been on my mind all week. I'm sure a lot of yours as well. We'll start, though, with Ken Barkley, our good buddy. What's he gambling on? How was, uh, what's he gambling on? How was his Super Bowl? Ken Barkley kicks out the final hour next.